0: Hello and welcome to the Rigori podcast, the show that likes to be all the things Italian football justice is not. Quick, consistent and easy to understand. I'm Giancarlo Rinaldi, the bald-headed Fiorentina fanatic, and I'm joined as always by that long-haired lover of the Lagunari, my cousin Marco. Marco, <laughs> how's it going?
1: I'm not sure. I like that description. It's, it's only long-haired in comparison to you. <laughs> yeah, well, everybody's
0: <laughs> long-haired in comparison to me. That's how it. That's how it works. So <laughs> you're, you're all for sure. <laughs> When I look at you, <laughs> I mean I've had enough mood anyway, Marco. Don't don't pick me up on my intro. be that'd be bad news. That'd be bad news. Anyway, as always, it's Sunday night after the big match in in Serie A as we record this and. I'd say for about eighty minutes, I thought there was going to be very little to report from Juventus against Napoli, but it all kicked off it all kicked off in the closing stages um napoli stealing the win at the at the end with a, a cracking finish from Giacomo raspadori um but that probably isn't what people are going to be talking about i think there's there's probably uh well two incidents of well one one that certainly had to go to. VAR that was the real talking point before that, Marco it, what, was your, what was your thinking on what, on what happened?
1: Yeah, well I mean I agree it was a pretty dire game I thought until almost injury time was was when it uh, came to life um, at the incident you're talking about um, is the goal that Juve scored that was then, Di Maria uh, scored a goal but it was then eventually disallowed via VAR for a foul by Milik on Lubotka, so they said. I have to say I have some sympathy with Juve on this one because it looked a very soft decision. It looked to me like both players basically almost get to the ball at once and to say that Lubotka got there first and therefore it was a foul seemed a bit harsh and it's the sort of goal that in the past would never ever have been disallowed. And you know, it's another example. We've moaned about VAR a lot and I think I started this season generally being in favour of VR, but um, as the season's gone on, I, I just think it causes more issues than it than it solves. Uh, goal line technology absolutely is good, but everything else I'm, I'm starting to have my doubts about, I have to say.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was a funny one because I thought in a way it was, it did, did two wrongs make a right? Because it looked like there might have been a foul before that by a Napoli man on it. So the definitely yeah. played the advantage on that. And then to me, it looked to all the world like a bit like um, Loboka kind of kicked Milik's foot onto the ball. So, I mean, I don't even know yeah. how that constitutes a, a foul. I did, I did feel some sympathy. I mean, having said my, my sympathy was slightly limited given the fact that, UV camped in their own half for yeah. much of the game, you know, and were content to um, play on the break. And did you know? It, 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 I suppose it would have been a managerial masterstroke by Allegri if it'd come off because he waited and waited and then brought on Di Maria and Chiesa to kind of exploit the space on the on the break. And it was a lovely through ball and a good a good finish by Di Maria. And, and be honest, if it had happened against your own team, you'd certainly be you'd certainly be furious because it didn't look a lot in it and to rule out a goal in a big I mean in the end I don't think it's going to have any great say in the title race. No. But, you know, it might have it might have some say over who finishes second in Serie A right enough with the um, you know, I was going to get into a bit the the fifteen points deduction being lifted, not being lifted, was it lifted? I mean the coincidental thing was I think fifteen that was about the percentage possession that you had <laughs> tonight as well. So um it, but y- you know
1: Yeah. I mean you alluded to another incident which was the Quadrado mm,
0: one yes. in a penalty,
1: which to me was never a penalty. No, it, it looked like no, he just uh, jumped into the man.
0: It, absolutely, that's a quadrado. Trick yep. that he's used for many years, that and sticking his bum out and falling <laughs> over, which is absolutely a quadrado move. No, there was nothing in that. No, the the only other one which there was was we should also see that. I mean, because listeners, if you've not been listening for a while, Duzan Vlaovic did put yeah. the ball in the net, which is a rare, which is a rare occurrence. <laughs> And um but that, that was also ruled out. I mean I can only assume that they quickly checked that because it did look touch and go. Kiesa slightly over hit the ball, cuts it back from the byline and it it, it looked like it had all gone over line, but I never saw any conclusive at this no. stage anyway. But no ma, my understanding be a is that, and like working on that as we Yeah, exactly.
1: But I mean unlike the rest of the technology, the goaling tech basically works immediately. So they immediately know if it's gone over the line, I think. so, um, And it did look from one of the, the angles. That it did, it, you know, it was tight and Kiesa, I thought, did well to get to it and cut it back. But it was just over the line, I think. So, again, I'm not sure um, that Juve can can moan too much about that one.
0: No, but the 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 in the build up to the first goal, yeah. Di Maria goal, certainly absolutely caused to cause for concern. As I say, after you can you can debate all you like, really. I suppose on the how deserved it would have been given the you know the reluctance to attack. And it, it was that kind of game. Funnily, Napoli's problems of recent times were seen. Again, really, that you know they had a lot of the ball, but they didn't create a lot of chances, really, you know, and so in a way, that was fitting to the Allegri master plan, really, you know, and and then they did pop up and get the goal was it's not gonna you know uh, the Napoli players were celebrating at the end of that um as if the Scuditos won and you've got to see with a seventeen point advantage or whatever it is with seven games to go, I think they're I think they're pretty safe in those safe in those celebrations. And and entirely deserved as well. They've been far and away the best the best team, but um, you know, on the night as I say that decision was a was a key one. And it would have crowned a great week for Juventini really you know I mentioned the the 15 points back I, I mean that has been uh, I mentioned it in my intro uh, uh, as well as the here gag um, that you know that UV, the, sport, the wheels of Sporting Justice do not turn quickly in Italy we've had you know I don't know the best part of two months with Juve with this 15 point deduction then it's appealed it's taken away but it's still hanging about there you know it's still it could be it could be reinstated it could be reduced it could be wiped away entirely I mean what what does this say to the rest of the world about Italian football Marco?
1: Yeah I mean it's difficult I'm I'm going to put my lawyer's hat on here because that is my day job and as you know I do get that if there's a process that has to be followed and the, you know what the court basically decided was that it was they they couldn't make the decision on the on the 15 points and that needs to be heard again essentially. Um, so I get all of that but you have got to think that when there is something ongoing like this that there should be procedures in place to make it all happen much more quickly than it currently is because it is going to have an effect on the end of the season and it can affect obviously every game that a team goes into that's fighting for these points, it can make a difference. Um, So if they don't know what the outcome is, then it it, it throws all of that up in the air a bit. So I don't know. I mean, it's difficult of course (laughs) to find another example outside of Italy of something like this. Um, But you would think that yet, like I say, there would be sort of speedier procedures that they could invoke to, to try and deal with this sort of thing.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's that's the thing is is that it's not just, I mean, obviously Juventus majorly affected by it, but all the teams around them as well, you know, this this battle for sort of the top four or whatever, you know, at, at, at the moment, you know, the knocked when Juve got their points back, that knocked Milan and Inter out of the top four, potentially, you know, they might get into the Champions League by winning it, but, you know, it it puts question marks over the season and it's worth millions of pounds. And Obviously, yeah, you you make a good point that from a legal standpoint, from a sporting justice standpoint, you want to get the right decision, Mm -hmm. so, you know, you you take your time. But equally, it just seems to always take so long in Italy. And this this is one where, you know, this has... Going to have a big, a big impact on on the season and on the European places, and it's a it's a shame for all the clubs involved that they can't get um, can't get the finger out and get it decided. And I mean, speaking of Europe, it's been a you know not just Juventus. It was a it was a cracking week for other than Napoli, where obviously they somebody had to go, go out from a Serie A point of view in the Champions League but um, the, the the rest of the teams did us proud in Europe I mean an unprecedented success I mean do you think there's any particular reason Marco why this season has it been the luck of the draw have the teams been have the teams been better why, why this season five teams through to through I mean to the I, I think the
1: draw has obviously helped in the Champions League especially there's no doubt about that that the Italian teams in the quarters ended up on the better side of the draw. Um, But, you know, I think as well, perhaps Roma winning a, a trophy last year and, okay, it's only the Conference League or whatever, but maybe they're starting to remember that, you know, winning trophies isn't a bad thing. Taking these things seriously isn't a bad thing. It gets you not only rewards financially, but also it gets fans back on side, which brings them back into the stadiums and stuff. So I, I think they're maybe starting to take these competitions a bit more seriously, uh, especially the sort of Europa and Europa Conference League. And that can only be a good thing. And then combined with what we've discussed before about, you know, the coaches in Italy being able to, you know, make more of a lesser, lesser group than than some of the other leagues, uh, it's, it's made... It sort of leveled the, the, these matches up when they come up against the the so called bigger leagues.
0: Yeah, no, I, I mean that. I, I obviously, I mean, I've always found that in Fury in the attitude, the sort of prioritizing, uh, you know, a top four finish or whatever over um, progressing in Europe. You know, want to do better in the league. I, I, I mean, I get it. I understand it financially. You know, and. and Obviously, it's big money for a club to get into to get into Europe. But as a fan, you know you, you're not gonna you're not gonna be out dancing in the streets because you finished third in Serie. A. Whereas you know to win a trophy, whatever however little a trophy it might be, is is a special thing. And it was amazing. I mean, I, I did a poll on, before the games on sort of the percentage chances of teams getting through, and uh, it was the team that had the greatest chance of getting through that almost balls it up in, <laughs> in, in in midweek. And uh, that's a theme that I'll be returning to very shortly if I go on to it right now, that Fiorentina did their best to throw away, well, they did throw away a three-goal advantage against Lech Poznan through the week. They we were 4-1, 4-1 up from the first leg um, and managed to, with with some assistance from a very poor match official, I thought, but nonetheless managed to get it back to 3-0 down and were actually going to extra time and, and whatever before um, Sotil managed to pop home a nice goal and ease the ease the pressure on them and eventually got it back to 3-2. But uh, continued that. This is an alarm bell for Fiorentina fans, I think, that continued that today with a taking a 2-0 lead over Monza, looking like they were coasting to... Victory um, and Monza looked shambolic. I mean, they looked terrible. The defence would all, but suddenly, out of nowhere, really, they they came back into Fiorentina's defence. Gifted the the second, I think maybe more, but definitely the second that I can think of assist from a goalkeeper <laughs> um, that they've conceded this season. Um, it, it, it was Dragovski for Spezia, and and now it was De Gregorio for for. Um, Monza today who just hoofed a long ball up the park and it was a different defender but it was the same end result it was Igor the last time it was Martinez Cuarta this time sort of let the ball bounce then looked totally lost under it confusion between him and Terraciano and Nip's player that was to make it 2-2 and then they got a reprieve because they were actually 3-2 down at half time when Pesina scored but that one was correctly ruled out for a handball In in the build-up, but not having taken the warning, they then proceeded to give away a penalty, go down 3-2 and huffed and puffed, but never really looked like getting back. Now, to me, the lesson in both those games for Fiorentina is that they can't play at less than 100%. Both games, for different reasons, the Poznan game, they started like a team that thought they could not stro- I don't think they were taking it for granted, but they started it as a team kind of playing within themselves, wanting to keep the ball, to fit. and then it's very hard to change gear. Yeah. Whereas what ha- what happened today was that they went out with a great attitude, but then at 2-0, it, it, it switched again. They, they went to the kind of, we'll pass it back to the goalkeeper, we'll play it around, we'll not look to get goals. And that's just not... I mean, they're not good enough to do that. I mean, they also made... Changes to personnel, which, again, we could get into, the, you know, th- there's a best 11 there, definitely, and the drop-off in some positions is quite significant, Um but it's just that thing of having to be on it for, I mean, and you see Italiano, he's on it for nine minutes because he's jumping up and down like an idiot, and that's what's taking them on this great run, but there's a danger that you know, it could all fall apart and that would be very typically Fiorentina if it did. And slightly worries me with a Copa Italia semi-final coming up against Cremonese where, guess what, they've got a two-goal lead to protect and, you know, they've shown themselves not very good at protecting even bigger advantages, so it's a it's a slight it's a slight cause for concern as a viola fan.
1: Yeah, no, I can I can understand that, and yeah, it's not been you know, but you've you have been on a great run of form up until these games. Um, uh, yeah, you've just got to hope that that Italiano can sort of drive into them that they do need to play a hundred percent for the rest of the season to 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 get something out of it and. You know, I, I I still think that they've got the chance to 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 do that because in the Conference League they've got a, a decent chance of of getting to the final there, I think. And then, um, the, okay, the Europe via the league looks unlikely now, um, but you've got the, the Coppa Italia as well. So I wouldn't get too despondent. I know it's been too, no, uh, it's been a bad mm-hmm. week, but bear, put put it in context of the past few yeah. weeks, it's not too yeah. bad.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I mean, although I was raging, at, I mean, you know, to throw away a two-goal lead is infuriating. There is a part of me that says, well, you know, to be honest, I would punt the league now for, you know, three or four more wins in the cup competitions. Really, you know, I don't even need a win on Thursday. I just settle for a win in the final of the Copa Italia. I draw, I draw on Thursday. A win in the final of the cup, and then enough results to get a a European final and and win that. So, you know, there's really five big games. Because we've been so bad at the start of the season, it's effectively left that there's sort of five potentially huge games for Fiorentina. And remember, it's worth remembering that someone pointed this out to me today, that Fiorentina haven't been to a European final since 1990. So it's... it's, uh, And they've lost a couple of semi-finals um horribly to Rangers and Sevilla if a memory serves, although I've tried to block those out. So, you know, that, that would be a huge thing. So so you're right, I mean globally you always take the season in its entirety rather than went you no know, one defeat is painful, but um there's still plenty of time for them to redeem themselves and do something that not many Fiorentina teams do and lift a and lift a trophy by the end of the season. But with my misery is, uh, has returned a, a little bit. Th- things seem to be going rather well in, in Venice. Marco, fill us in on a, a resounding triumph. And uh, could be, is this the first time in the season, I mean, other than when the league started and everyone was on no points, that Venezia have been closer to the playoffs than the playouts. this season? I think
1: that could definitely be the case, which is incredible, but... Um, yeah, I mean, today's performance was one of the best of the season. Ternana were only a a point or two off the playoffs, um, you know, so uh, ostensibly a a hard game, hard place to go, but we absolutely dominated from the start. They didn't look like much of a threat, um, and we just, once we got our first goal, we started playing some, you know, really good football, counter-attacking football sometimes on the break, but creating some great moves and scoring some good goals. and Impalo, of course, we even had the had the chance to miss a penalty as well, which, you know, would have put the icing on the cake. But I, I just think that Vanoli has turned something around um, in the past few weeks. We lost to Regina as the only bad result that we had, and I moaned last week about how we shouldn't have lost that game, uh, thanks to VAR. But um, he, he seems to have settled on a team... Everyone seems to be playing for each other. Cheryshev came on today with Chervo, the young winger, and Chervo set him up for the goal, an easy goal, which Cheryshev finished well. But he, his immediate reaction was to run over to Chervo and congratulate him. So there does seem to be a real team spirit, which, as we b- both know, is so important in these in these situations. And I think that has lifted us away from the relegation threat, which isn't gone entirely. But I would say another win maybe four points and it should be gone entirely but as as you've just said maybe we should be aiming slightly higher because we're only four points off the playoffs at this stage which okay there's only four four games to go but we are on good form and there isn't really a team having played Genoa and Frosinone already there isn't really a team that I would fear to play in the playoffs at the moment um that, that, that's so
0: what I was going to that was what I was going to say to you it was hitting form at the right time is such a key thing, and the uh, there are a lot of teams in the mix that 's the only flag yes. you know, I mean, really if it was just a question of making up the points because the teams that are at the bottom end of those playoffs are not in great form, your Regina's, Pisa's, whatever, you know, the the teams certainly at the top are still strong, but, you know, that bottom end is not unreachable, it's just a question of whether there's maybe a a weight of too many teams to get through that you would need, you know, too many results to go in your favour, but definitely seem to just be clicking at what could potentially be the the right time, and always beware, beware that team that sneaks into the playoffs on the last day, I think, because they come in Without the disappointment of you know, there may be a team. Although it's, I think I think we know that probably Frosinone and Genoa are the two best mm. teams in the in the league. Barry fans may may disagree, but you know I think I think they've been consistently the strongest sides. You know, but there is a, always an element of disappointment if you've been thinking, yeah, I could maybe get this automatically yeah. then to be the kind of to be the one team, the, the sort of the top team that misses out on. On automatic promotion, it's always a bit of a pain. Whereas a, a sneaky wee Lagunaro that you know pinches in in his gondola in the last minute to to steal the prize would be would be quite would be quite nice, wouldn't it? Oh, it wouldn't be bad. But I,
1: I want to stress that my, the priority is let's stay up. You know, if we get into the playoffs, then that would be absolutely amazing. Um, and we are on good form, so it would be interesting to see what happens, but. Uh, I just want us to to secure that um, secure that seri, at least Serie B next season. You're sounding
0: like a football manager there. <laughs> well, you know, we're, our only priority is the quaranta punti, a you know, tranquilla salvezza yeah, whatever. And, you know, We're aiming no higher. He's giving, he's he's, he's calming down. The Venezia fans are getting carried <laughs> exactly. away here. And Marco's just calming down, pouring a bit of water on those flames and saying, look, just cool the jets. We need to remember where we were, which is true. If you want to go back and listen to previous <laughs> exactly, episodes of this yeah. podcast, you'll know exactly where Venezia have come from. So salvation would be a, avoiding relegation would be a great thing, and then anything else is a bonus. I think that's the that's the bottom line, isn't it? Definitely, definitely. But yeah,
1: it's 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 nicer to to listen to the podcasts this half of this side of Christmas than before. I suspect.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. I mean, uh, uh, this evening uh, accepted. It's been. Uh, I have looked forward to them more um, and been more upbeat than uh, than definitely pre Christmas was a was a miserable a miserable run. Anyway, we'll, we'll draw things to a close there, because I did as I say. We like to be quicker than Italian sporting justice. So that's us. That's us for this week. But I mean, tune in again because it's going to be a. I think it's going to be an exciting race to the wire in in Serie B and you know in Serie A although Napoli have the title there's certainly a hell of a lot of things still to be decided and we'll be here to give our own unique spin on them, please let people know um, about the pod and and share and like and send us your comments and uh, we'll do it all again next week.
1: Yeah, speak to you then